0: Winged Nation Presents, presented by Driving DRF Racing Oils.
3: I love inspiring stories, and TJ Stutz, the racer from up in central Pennsylvania, is one of the most inspiring that we have. Back in 2018, a bad crash, suffered some pretty significant injuries, During that injury and the problems of the medical diagnosis, they discovered cancer. So he was battling a couple of things, but TJ battled, and he brought it back to the racetrack, and even later this year, brought it back to Victory Lane. Now, our girl from Pennsylvania, Ashley Streme, she caught up with TJ Stutz up at Port Royal as part of the Weikert Memorial Weekend. Nobody knows the story of TJ better than Ashley, and she had the chance to chat with him. With thousands of laps long, Drydeen's DRF racing oils were built and proven on the track, and now they're ready for your race engine. DRF is engineered exclusively for high-horsepower racing engines that require maximum performance against the toughest competition, and DRF racing and break-in oils are built with competition grade ZDDP to protect critical engine components while boasting improved torque, and horsepower and superior temperature reduction to get drf in your engine go to drfracing.com or call 1-877-TRI-D here's Ashley and TJ Stutz
2: hey guys I'm Ashley Strummey and I'm sitting down with the driver the number 11 TJ Stutz TJ thanks for joining me today I
0: appreciate you guys having me on
2: absolutely so let's dive right into it um Everyone kind of wants to know what's going on with you, what you've been doing. It's good to see you back in a race car, but uh, the end of last season was was kind of a interesting situation to say the least. Uh, ended up in an accident that kind of brought some things to the to the forefront for you, and, and it may be a little bit different perspective. If you can walk us through the crash, and we'll go from there.
0: Well, so we have a crash. I almost have the ambulance crew talked out that I'm fine. It's just. It's just some back pain. It'll go away. Um, so they get me, they finally get me to the hospital and I, I step says, my, I called my wife and she's like, well, where are you? I'm like, well, I'm strapped to the backboard, but I think I'm okay. So they take me to the hospital and it's a broken back and I had some heart issues and had my sternum a little bit. Um, wasn't broken, broken, but it had some hairline fractures in it. So we're going through all that and they'd done a CAT scan in trauma, did all of the normal, I would assume trauma stuff, um... Did all that. They I told my family, I said, Hey, dad's got a broken back here. We can do some like normal family stuff. I was thinking like go to the beach. Um so four weeks after my crash, they kids want to go to Eldora for the King's Road. We had never been to Eldora. Mm-hmm. Um we're in Pennsylvania, we race eighty times a year so we don't get to travel too much. So Right out there, but the day before I left, I had another CAT scan, which was actually supposed to be scheduled for three months after the crash. Whoever put it in the computer put it in wrong. So we just got a phone call, hey, you're supposed to go, so we did our appointment. So we go, and we come back, and the first thing that happened was that we knew that there was any kind of other issue. My lymph nodes and my white blood cells were through the roof in the hospital in trauma, and... The doctors thought most of that was trauma-related because those two numbers elevate. The lymph node's not so much as the white blood. So... That's where we were with that. And somehow the cancer rumor got like instantly started because my wife was driving Sunday to pick me up from the hospital and was already getting phone calls. So somebody had to be in the hospital that knew and saw the blood count. So that's how the, the rumor mill really got started. We didn't think there was anything wrong. So back to the Eldora trip. So we go to Eldora. We come back Monday and we have to go see my regular doctor. And he says, hey, they found a spot on your pancreas that was not there in the first scan. So he says, I know what I think it is. He says, why don't we send you to a GI guy? So two GI, guy, two GI guys later, now this is over the next, I don't know, two months, let's say, another six weeks. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, it's just a bruise. Wow. They're thinking it's trauma related. Hey, it wasn't there in the first scan. It's there in the second scan. And my understanding, I'm not a doctor. I wish, you know, I mean metal. That's what I do for a living. But <laughs> they tell me that the trauma scan, when they put the dye in you, know, they only have X amount of time to be able to see that area of the pancreas oh, because it flushes through so fast. So what happened was they just missed it. It flushed through. They were scanning my back. They weren't worried about, you know, I mean, I was 38 years old. They think I'm in good health. There's no reason for them to go more in depth. The second scan was a lot less pressure, so that's how they caught it during that one. So, two GI guys later, and finally, um, we actually just were getting ready to go back to racing, and um, Hopkins, we got into Hopkins, and the guy says, oh, they had done a biopsy. And they knew that hey, it wasn't a bruise. Long story short, there was some stuff that happened at Hershey. We end up at Hopkins, and that's when we really knew what the result was. But it was still another two months until we even had a course of action because it's a very rare type of pancreatic cancer. Like I got lucky; it's a slow-growing, it's a neuroendocrine tumor. It's not—it's not normal pancreatic stuff. There's no chemo. There's no radiation. There's no anything that's going to fix it other than getting it chopped out and we were on the borderline that they were even they kind of wanted to let it in because it's so slow growing but the problem is we were 1.78 centimeters well that's close enough to 2 and 2 is when they want to cut it out okay. so my big concern was that we're going like, to want to cut it out in the middle of June which was not an option so we had already lived, lost a half racing season but that was some of the reason we came back to racing as quick as we did last year we knew there was problems we didn't really know was this going to be the end of it? Um, I actually got released at 5 o'clock on a Friday night, or about 3.30 on a Friday. And the doctor says, when, when do you plan on going back to race? And I said, well, in about two and a half hours. And it rained out the first night, but then we did come here, and we ran Labor Day weekend, which anybody that is in the Port Royal area, we know Juniata County Fair. It doesn't get any better than that. Absolutely. So. But um, Lance and I have always been pretty tight. And, I mean, he went off the deep end on me. He's like, listen, you don't race for a living, blah, blah. What are you doing coming back to racing? Well, then I had to tell him the rest of the story. And we weren't really trying to hide anything. We just didn't know for so long. I mean, we went from my crash until we actually had a diagnosis. It was almost five months of what it officially was and what the course of action was going to be.
2: So after the crash, you feel your body no issues there there wasn't a concussion you didn't have to worry about any of that stuff at that point
0: well there was a concussion and normal stuff but i guess i was too much of an 80s kid it just
1: you're
2: a racer
0: yeah it fixes itself you know what i mean um not not that, that is a wholehearted light thing, but right. anybody that knows Jason Cover, he runs late models, so he was actually in my hospital room. They came in to do a heart ultrasound, which he thought was classic. He's like, Hey, can I go along? I wanna see if he really has a heart. So that was a good laugh. But we had I had some really good people around me. I mean, anybody that goes through any of that, all I can tell anybody is the surgery, whatever whatever happens to you during that like the broken back was nothing mm-hmm. I don't want to say nothing but
2: compared to what you were dealing with in yeah I night. mean absolutely
0: I got out of the hospital on a Monday the owner of the company I work for Eshinow hours, a big job meeting that Wednesday he took me laid me across the backseat of the excursion took me to the job meeting just because I that's the type of person I am I come from people that just because you're hurt doesn't mean that you skip out of life right um I don't know. And, and it was some of the thing like with, with this whole cancer thing, we don't want to cry about it. We just want to fix it and move it on, on and be able to have the life that we hopefully can continue to have.
2: Absolutely. So you talk about John Hopkins and getting in there. What was the process with that? Like, so basically you just went in for a surgery one day and then next day, two days you're in outpatient type deal or,
0: well, I getting into Hopkins. That was all my wife. She did all of that. Um, it, and she's continuing to do it with the insurance, and now it's out of state, and I mean it's in network, but it's a lot of it's a lot of BS on her end. So thank God that she takes care of that for me. But um, so I go in for surgery. Well, we find out what it is. And it, so we go to PRI Thursday. So, I, so we go well, actually Wednesday, Thursday. We come home Friday night, so I can hunt the last day of rifle season. So I hunt the last day of rifle season. I just wanted to sit in a tree. So I sat all day, and then that Monday I went in for surgery. So you go down through Baltimore early in the morning, no big deal. Went in. I'd never had big surgery. I've not. I try to avoid the doctors, the hospitals as much as possible. But. So I wake up. Let's step back before we do the wake up. So Crystal Nix, who Jim was one of our real good friends. So she knows what's going on. Like the first night back at the Grove, we set quick time. So I have to face her on the front stretch and try not to ball my eyes out and be emotional with her. So I wake up in the hospital, there's a 26 above my head.
2: Really? That's awesome.
0: So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I actually got to tell you, I was like looking around, I'm like, well, I really hope I'm in man- <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting beside me. but, I mean, anybody that knows history knows him and that Camel Express car. They were, for an era, were pretty unbelievable. Absolutely.
2: So from there, the, the surgery, then the outpatient.
0: Well, so I'm supposed to be in for seven to 10 days. Mm-hmm. Well, we did good enough. They let me act, And actually, I called Steph. They, were, they let me out in three days. And she called me, and she had to, she wanted to talk to the doctors because she was convinced that I had talked them out of me being in the hospital. If that sounds dumb, so no,
2: not from you at all. No. <laughs> so
0: they bring me home, and it's Christmas time. So it was December tenth. We got to operate on. So the cr- kids want to go Christmas shopping. So we we did some. That was my first outings. Mm-hmm. and an hour or two of walking around was about was about it. So. Eschenauer's owns a company called high tech metals and they do a lot of stuff for me. And Wally, who is the son of the Eschenauer and son, he's the, he runs 305s. He, I called him and I said, listen, I need something to do. I know I can't work work, right. but I said, I need something to do. I said, how about I make wind trees, W links for both of us? He says, well, I'll tell you what, give me the cut links. So he cut me all the material, had brought me all the material so, the day after Christmas, I got the great right idea, I'm going to go back to the race car show, because that's my that's, that's right. my homage. Um, it's my version of golf, going out there working on race cars. One hour, standing at the mill, notching a piece of three-quarter tubing, 375,000. I was done. I was wore out. And I'd go in and I'd sleep for 12 hours. So, I went out the next day, and I did that, and I did that, and every day I started getting a little better. And finally, about... Four and a half weeks in, my truck, my work truck, needed inspected. So, I, and they said, "Hey, you can start driving. You can start doing normal stuff." So, I took it down there. I walked into my desk, and there, there's a pile of stuff that needs done. So, I went back to work. They wanted me off for 12 weeks. So I was back in five weeks. They weren't just because that's who I am. Should I have been back to work? Probably not. But laying in that house and doing nothing all winter—that wasn't. That's not who I am. So. Or the people I grew up with. That's not who they taught us to be. So,
2: And then three months later, you're back climbing in a race car.
0: Yeah, we actually, um, the week after opening day at the Grove, I had a CAT scan that Thursday where they gave me, hey, the clear for six months. They they don't see anything. Mm-hmm. So now I get a free CAT scan every six months for the next five years. So I don't know if that's really a... Fact.
2: I doubt it's free. I doubt it's free.
0: But <laughs> yeah, at least it's on the schedule so that that is the ongoing plan um but it like we went to opening day and i had only been allowed to even get on a treadmill for a couple hours a day or you know what i mean for 20 minutes at a clip at a walk and then I, I don't know if the doctors really would have agreed with the whole racing thing ask for
2: forgiveness instead of permission yeah, yeah yeah
0: we'll go with that so um <laughs>
2: how was it for you getting back in the car the first time
0: Oh, well, we should have won opening day if I wouldn't have fallen out of seat so that I struggle with not being able to be a hundred percent right away and I keep telling everybody oh yeah yeah I'm fine well every every night though we race I feel like we get a little bit more clear everything slows down a little bit more everything gets back to where it's supposed to be feel wise um and then we've had a lot of other struggles outside of that, but just as far as me physically, I don't think the physical part. But whatever happens when they when they put you in for surgery and the anesthesia or just laying around that long, it, it almost feels like you got to get your brain back up to the speed. Like I, I crawled in Colby Warner's 360 for that ASCS show, and it was like sliding an old parachute on a car I'd never fit in because they just – The 360s are so much fun. And then you get to the 410 stuff, and and they're not really fun. They're just so rewarding. That's the difference.
2: So we're sitting here, the NMA. Where would you say you are percentage-wise at being back to 100% then?
0: I'd say we're probably 80. Okay. But I'd have told you we were probably about 40 the first week. I, I, I guess I didn't realize, the more we raced, I didn't realize how far off I really was. Just... As far, and and now it's down to, like, I physically don't get tired anymore, Mm -hmm. but just starting to make good decisions. I almost feel like we're starting over a lot more. Like, I came back from my broken back, and we were right back to speed. And now it's taken a couple, I mean, it's, well, it didn't help it rain for a month. Right. Which, maybe it helped, maybe it didn't help. But, um, the group went five weeks without racing. So, the only way to really, I think, get back to this is to do it two nights a week and, go to it.
2: And like you said, it it is a hobby for you. Um, it's not your job. You have a full-time job, obviously a family at home. Did any of that play into you climbing back into a race car after everything that you had been through?
0: My family knows who we are. I mean, without my kids, I couldn't race. I work four days a week out of town. Everybody knows that. Those kids do 80% of the work. And they, they know the deal. I mean, wintertime, they, they play their basketball. They do their baseball in the springtime. Ethan's at baseball or basketball right now for travel. Probably, thankfully, that'll be over soon. But um, just without their support and being able to do that, I couldn't have done it. I, I couldn't do this on a weekly basis. I couldn't run any times a year and work out of town four days a week if it wouldn't be for those two and, and everybody else in my life that's that comes and supports it and does what we have to to be able to come here every week.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know, we always say that the, the racing world is a large family. How was it when you finally kind of told everybody what was going on and, and where you stood? Obviously, you have your family support. We all know that. Um,
0: but what was well, like the racing community? When we say family, that's not just... I, I guess we take it for granted. We have our feuds. We have our fights. Um... Everything in this world is supposed to happen for a reason. Um, some of the things that happened in the last year proved to me it doesn't have to just be one way or the other. Um, we got very fortunate on this end of it. Um, that crash, let's face it, I wouldn't have been racing. Would it, it, Like I said, it's a neuroendocrine tumor, so nobody really had They don't have enough information on it. They can't tell you, hey. At five years, it's gonna to grow to four centimeters or they, they, they just don't have the correct information. So it, it doesn't matter though, when it gets too big, there is no coming back from it. So I guess on my half, that makes that a lot harder with not knowing, hey, if we wouldn't have crashed, would it have been two years, would it have been five years, would it have been 15 years? Could I live the rest of my life? We, the doctors don't have the information. Which makes it very, very difficult.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that accident was obviously a, a blessing in disguise, then for sure, on, on many parts. But uh, so let's fast forward. We're in May, we're in racing season here. Um, like you said, we haven't had a whole lot of ra- races because of the rainouts, unfortunately, but uh, not probably the year that you're hoping for on track wise. Uh-huh.
0: We were already at the Grove until last week. Last weekend, we looked like we never drove a sprint car before. um, We made some changes. There was some, like I said, there's been a lot going on with my whole deal that has just, and it's all cancer-related. I mean, the guy that was with me forever, or not forever, in the last two years, his brother just passed away of cancer. And he decided to step back from racing because of that. He said he was at his family's... um, deal for his brother, and he was looking at all the pictures, and he said, hey, I'm not in any of these pictures, because he missed it because of racing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different in our situations, because all of my family pictures are at the races. I was three months old and I was at the first race, so, I mean, Reesey, the first trip we took to Knoxville, he was five weeks old, and we take the, took him to Knoxville, so just a little bit different family situation, so I think that that was some of our on track performance was there so many other distractions and then the not racing things and I didn't get healthy I mean the last two nights last the last two nights I've felt as good as I have in a long time and hopefully we're working in a new direction and go from there
2: Well like you said there's so much going on and how much did being able to climb back in that race car each and every week these last few months kind of ease the pain and, and take some things off your mind?
0: Well I just the disconnect when you are able to get in you don't think about anything else you don't have time to you're there only to work on the race car or or in the driving thing when I say disconnect it's so much about what's going on around you and that's what I meant by I couldn't get it to slow down when, when you're just hanging on and you can't get the rest of the thing slowed down and you can envision what is going to happen before it happens it doesn't work and we're starting to get that back. So that disconnect and being able to let all of our stuff from life at home. um, Actually, I can tell you the most therapeutic was as soon as I get back to the shop and not sitting in a a freaking recliner anymore. I'm not a big fan of the recliner. So, and do you know Netflix? There's not really that much on Netflix. So after about three days of Netflix, it's like, well, this is over. I've watched it all. Anything that interested me is about over. So um, being able to get back to it is just very rewarding, just in and of itself. Now, you know our personalities. We're, we're not satisfied with just crawling back in it. That's not good enough. I was so mad that I lost opening day because our car was good enough to win, and I just didn't do my job. And then,
2: Well, you did to the extent that you were able to at the time. Right. Don't be so hard on yourself.
0: But I didn't realize at that point how right. bad it really was. That, I mean, we're now in May, and I'm just starting to feel like we're starting to get back, back to normal. And, and starting to – it. you just lose so many senses, I guess, from, from all of that. I've never had that, so I don't know if that's a typical thing. I've talked to some of our friends who have had major surgeries, and they – and they race different series it's not just sprint cars and that was one of their biggest complaints they said it, just, it took them so long in traffic or with, with people around them to get comfortable and get things slowed down um, and, and to be able to engage in the things that you need to as Hodden used to say you have, you have to be able to the rules of engagement you know what they are but being able to, to capitalize on them when you need to is, is what you have to do and it's all mental
2: it so. is, it is. But, you know, it's, it's incredible what you've been through. And the fact that, like you said, you're here and you're still able to even race a sprint car at this point is truly phenomenal.
0: Do you know what's crazy to me? Like, when we went and you go to the doctors and they say, do you have any symptoms? I mean, you know, I don't have any symptoms. I'm, you know what I mean? So I woke up from surgery and I started to get, like, this big gut on me. And it was hard all the time. I thought I was just getting fat. I woke up in the hospital and I'm like looking down I'm like it's gone it was all it was all fluid it was all fluid from that tumor that was growing and we we didn't know it and there, there was other things like eating habits and sugar cravings and stuff that I didn't understand what was really going on. I just thought I was getting old and uh, pretty incredible what happens when all that goes away and I told Pee Wee's Midas the other night, I said, look, my suits even have a little extra room in them now. <laughs> she was busting on me when I came back to race. And I said, hey, I couldn't get my suit set up. She goes, yeah, it started to look a little bad. So um, I'm just thankful to be back at it and thankful that everybody has not totally given up faith in me. Because it's been a lot, bad last month, month or so here on the racing front. But last in the last two nights, we showed some speed and we're starting to get back to where we need to be.
2: Awesome. Well, it beats the alternative, of course. Uh, unfortunately, that accident happened, but it all...
0: I'm still mad about the Grove
2: Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true racer.
0: Well, they don't they don't just uh, come to be. you got to do right. with so many right things, and I mean... Lash. But like
2: you said, everything happens for a reason.
0: So we'll move on and That's right. keep working at it, and hopefully the next year or so here we'll get back to where we need to be, and I think we're already headed there, so...
2: Awesome. Well, TJ, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, I know it wasn't all, an easy road the last few months, but I, I appreciate you taking the time.
0: Well, I appreciate you guys having me. And it wasn't. A lot of people were were thinking that we were trying to be shady or or not have the story. We didn't have the, the correct story right. for so long. So, and, and we're pretty. I think we're pretty humble and stuff like that. We try not to just advertise. Everything in our lives, especially when we don't have all the information. So, Absolutely. appreciate yeah. everybody bearing yeah. with us. Absolutely. Well,
2: thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you.
3: Boy, that is amazing. The way TJ is, the way he is with his sons, inspiring and certainly a great story and a great role model for all of us. We appreciate TJ and Ashley spending some time with us here on Wing Nation Presents, presented by Dryden DRF Racing Oils. With thousands of laps long, Drydeen's DRF racing oils were built and proven on the track. And now they're ready for your race engine. DRF is engineered exclusively for high-horsepower racing engines that require maximum performance against the toughest competition. And DRF racing and break-in oils are built with competition-grade ZDDP to protect critical engine components while boasting improved torque, and horsepower and superior temperature reduction. To get DRF in your engine, go to DRFRacing.com or call one 877
0: Winged Nation presents, presented by driving DRF Racing Oils.